Welcome, everybody, to episode 31 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. My esteemed colleague, Evan, is here today. Hello, I'm Evan. And I am Jake. We are the Handsome Hockey Podcast crew. Can you be a crew when there's just two of you? I think so. Okay. I think that's inclusive. If we if we walk down the street snapping aggressively, <laughs> would we be a crew? Especially a if we, like, chant something like, Jets, Jets, <laughs> Jets. There has to be some re- a really great jazz soundtrack to it, though, as well. Or we have to be in Winnipeg. No, nah, I'm good in Portland. <laughs> yeah, same. Winnipeg sounds cold. Yeah, even now. It's nice here, but yeah. it's still yeah, a little cold here. So I, I imagine you take 10 degrees off of whatever Portland has to go to Winnipeg and a lot more plainy breeze, I imagine. Yeah, there's no, there's no mountain breaks just Mm-mm. stopping that breeze. Also, our terrible Canadian accents would go poorly go over poorly in in winnipeg we have a a good amount of things to talk about some hockey related things some non-hockey related things and then also more hockey related things but uh, we're going to start off with which what is probably the biggest story of the week of the century tom wilson being a douchebag funny how that happens i didn't see it coming so tom wilson punches Pavel Butchnevich in the back of the head when his face is on the ice, then proceeds to, in the following scrum, sort of hip toss slash hair toss Artemi Panarin a couple of times. And uh, Artemi Panarin uh, was declared out for the rest of the year, subsequently by the Rangers, so he's going to miss past uh, the last couple of games of the season, the end game of the regular season, shall we say. The Ender's Game? I have no Ender's Game joke. I I don't even know what that is. I just know the title. I'd say, is it uh, sci-fi? Yeah, it's a sci-fi really children's sci-fi. book. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good book. I, I liked him as a kid. I don't really do good. sci-fi as a... Like, nothing well, against you're sci-fi. You're wrong, but uh, That's it's okay. No, I, I'm admittedly... <laughs> Much more into fantasy. Oh, you know, me and... The only fantasy thing that I think I've ever really enjoyed was The Lord of the Rings. I tried to watch Game of Thrones, and I watched about... 45 seconds of it and was like this sucks <laughs> i mean it's it's just pulp it's yeah. just you're not watching for the insightful commentary on the human condition i'm not saying i'm better than game of thrones <laughs> you just can't get into it because i watch uh, like yesterday i think i watched probably two to three hours of guys grocery games like i'm clearly not better than game of thrones no i think you're just more clearly in in your 30s i mean between guys grocery games and property hunting like we are definitely episode 31 ready well it's yeah it's it's me cooking wanting to cook dinner and me wanting to someday own a house Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's the handsome property podcast yeah what people outside of the podcast won't know is that d- we got delayed in recording today <laughs> because we were both house hunting. <laughs> Just enamored by house hunting. I mean, you get you, like you get like a Zillow itch, and then all of a sudden it becomes a Zillow scratch, and then uh, next thing you know, you've blown six hours on Zillow, and your your Zillow itch becomes a festering pus filled. Uh, abscess uh, that that's needs when you, to be removed by a doctor. Yeah, and that's that also happens when you look at your bank account 
in relation to Zillow. Especially Zillow in Portland. It's like, hey, want to feel bad about yourself? <laughs> Zillow. That should be their ad, their tagline. <laughs> want to be? Ba- want to feel bad about yourself? That's actually, that's super perfect. <laughs> want to see how the other half lives? But anyway. Lay sigh. So now that we're depressed... Tom Wilson, uh, Tom Wilson obviously has his backers. They're called Caps fans. Um, <laughs> they are also a gang. He's a douchebag. He is He's a, douche a reckless douchebag. You can't say that it's not entertaining, but it's a little bit entertaining for the wrong reasons. I'm, I'm really not entertained. Like I, <laughs> as somebody who like, and I, I appreciate. I'm not a anti hot uh, fight person. I think, mm-hmm. I think hockey. I think fighting has its place in the league Mm -hmm. and I think that it would probably detract from the league if there weren't any fighting. Mm -hmm. And I also think the game could possibly become more dangerous because one of the things fighting does is it polices the game a little bit, a little bit. But I think what we've seen here is in not suspending him, the league itself is not policing itself and kind of deferring to this secondary court of physical violence that has always kind of existed in in hockey yeah absolutely and it's it's a we talked about this a couple of weeks ago the game doesn't protect its stars artemi Mm -hmm. panarin is absolutely one of its star players right he's the guy you tune in to see do the awesome goals and look fun to watch he was a heart candidate last year Mm -hmm. like he's absolutely one of the best players in the game and we lost five games of his career because Tom Wilson decided to be uh, a douchebag. I love how you're like the uh, official accountant for games we've lost of Artemi Panarin's season as a fantasy holder of I, him. Yeah, I, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of games. Oh, I know. And for a, uh, you know, none of them for like good reasons. Like, oh, no. he, this stupid accusation comes flying off from his coach in Russia or, you know, Tom Wilson spends him or Tom Wilson injures him. Like it's one thing to get injured in the run of play. It's another thing to an entire nation decide that they need to take you down. Yeah. And then Tom Wilson, maybe Tom Wilson is a Russian sleeper agent. (laughs) We all think it's Alex Ovechkin, but it's actually Tom Wilson. (laughs) Tom Wilson just punched Pavel Buchnevich to get to Artemi Panarin. Yeah. He was like, he was like, yeah you are in my way (laughs) tom wilson playing 5d chess this whole time yeah that's yeah well the russian government playing 5d chess (laughs) the people who are backing tom wilson it's there's the rent-free bullshit argument and then there's the like if he was on your team you'd love him and i like if he was on my team i would love it a lot more if he would stop doing this stupid shit because he's actually a really (laughs) talented hockey player he is i mean uh, you know, there is something to be said for the guy on your team that plays with a lot of edge, with a lot of physicality in the way he does. I mean, he does a whole lot of things that don't rise to this level of suspendability. Yeah. Like, Tom Wilson is an excellent NHL player mm-hmm. in his own right. 94% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's that 6% of the time where you're like, why do we even, why, why? <laughs> like, why do we need him? Yeah, I, it, I don't think we do. I think I'm not, and I'm not one of the like suspend Tom Wilson forever folks. Like that's no, I that's think not just, a that's not a realistic thing. Yeah, I guess 
my overarching thought here is he needed to get suspended for at least a game or two. You know, it wasn't outside of the lines of a typical hockey scrum that much, but he has history and it was a clear attempt to injure other players. Multiple players. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think he can be as physical as he wants to within the rules all day long and maybe sort of step outside of the rules to where you get penalized and find, you know, that's also part of the game. It's part of the professional game that we tune in for the greater mosaic of drama. But the Department of Player Safety needs to act like its fucking name and actually step up for player safety and make a point, especially when a player is doing blatantly unsafe things to possibly and successfully injure star player. You know, if we're going to hand out suspensions for the ensuing uh, cross-check by Buchnevich on Anthony Mantha, why are we not handing out suspensions for, you know, punches to the head of defenseless players in the ice? Well, and that's the thing. So with George Peros and the Department of Player Safety, the poorly named <laughs> Department of Department Player of Safety. Department of Player Safety with air quotes? Yeah, like George Peros just shrugs when he says <laughs> his name, his title. So the Caps and the Rangers played each other two days later mm-hmm. and we got a hundred i think it was 174 penalty minutes in the first period yeah we got uh, a line brawl five, th- five fights mm-hmm, to start the game and all like former nhl enforcers went like giddy <laughs> fucking hal gill and mark metha were like oh this is the first time i've watched a caps game in forever it's like uh yeah it is entertaining you know the way that the self-policing operates. I say that in air quotes because it's it's sort of like America and guns. Like we're going to solve violence by adding more violence. Yeah, like this is this is the maybe George Peros is actually the N- NRA plan. <laughs> um, this week on Handsome Hockey Podcast Conspiracy Theories. Um, <laughs> So we've got Tom Wilson as a Russian sleeper cell. We've got George Peros. George Peros, <laughs> George Peros is like uh, is being funded by the NRA. But that game, if you suspend Tom Wilson, just suspend him for the rest of the season. Say, you know what? There's six games left. You're done for the regular season. You can come back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you suspend him, you probably don't get Pavel Buchnevich trying to break Anthony Mantha's face. Right. And, you know, you don't end up with a functionally unwatchable game. I mean, sure, some fighting would have ensued even if Tom Wilson doesn't play. But those refs had to go into that game knowing Tom Wilson was going to play, just thinking, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> they got the Nathan McKinnon's coming train. Uh, or yeah, right. Like, you know, I can only imagine being in their position after refing like some, you know, a couple like teams in roller hockey that don't like each other and always take some penalties and, and make your hard, job hard, like putting enough guys in the penalty box so that there's standing room only, that's got to be a little stressful. And to know it's coming has to be more stressful. And so, yeah, I don't understand why they didn't at least just suspend him for one game to take the temperature down a little bit. Yeah, you're what you're saying is we don't care about player safety because we know what this is going to precipitate, right. violence. We don't care about our officials because, hey, have fun. Well, they did... A fine job with the game they're handed. Oh, they did. No, they, they but like you don't have to hand them that game. Kudos. I, I watched the game mm-hmm. 
And kudos to the refs. Like they gave Zidane Chara a 10 minute misconduct. They gave Tom Wilson a 10 minute misconduct. Like they yeah. tossed people. They were prepared. You and, can tell that they were prepared and they had talked and, you know, they kept an even front and, and yeah, just did their job. But they could have been handed a much better game. Yeah. And what it turned out to be was a really fucking boring hockey game. <laughs> the NHL effectively showed that it did not, it does not give a shit about player safety. They or have a it's product. Just very bad. Well, I mean, but like, even being very bad at it shows that you don't give a shit because if you're very bad at something, you try and fix it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like if I don't know how to shoot a backhand and I'm terrible at it, I can either not give a shit and be like, "Well, I'm only shooting forehand," or I can work on my backhand. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's the same idea, just on a grander scale. Like, right. you okay? You you realize that you're bad at player safety and you have been essentially since brendan shanahan left yeah because brendan shanahan didn't give a fuck about suspending people he's like yeah you're done like sit down but everybody since then has just been like oh i'm sure he didn't mean it and then meanwhile you've got tom wilson pulling artemi panarin down by his hair (laughs) and shoving his face into the ice and it's like no i think he means that well the other thing about paros is under him they've been suspended i'd actually say they're sort of suspension happy for hockey plays. So you saw uh, McKinnon take a head hit, you know, that was like mostly shoulder, but also got him in the head and they suspended the guy. You saw the Nashville player, I forget who it was. He came in, you know, with a hard check and just had his elbow raised and he got two games. You know, they suspended Pavel Buchnevich a game for cross-checking Mantha in the face after, I mean, they had been going at it in the preceding minute, hitting each other, following each yeah. other on the ice, slashing him. I mean, Mantha was not exactly a uh, unwilling oh, participant Mantha, Mantha in that. took a huge whack at Buchnevich. Like He took several uh, he at his something. ankles and yeah. then swung around. And that's when Buchnevich faces him up and, and cross-checks him in the face. Which is funny that Buchnevich went the cross-checking route because he could have fought Anthony Mantha because Anthony Mantha would break his hand on Pavel Buchnevich. <laughs> almost guaranteed. Like, Anthony that- Mantha, who has the history of breaking himself anytime he fights his hands are made of like glass something more fragile than glass like porcelain or like or samuel jackson in unbreakable yes <laughs> he's also probably more focused on ice baths right now until they get into the playoffs there's a lot of blame i think to throw around We've oh yeah talked about the department of player safety talked about the nhlpa is not blameless here either oh yeah like I mean, they clearly don't really care about player safety either Mm -hmm. they they talk about being for the players but they made it so the nhl can only find people 5k for an incident like this which is not a deterrent at all essentially taken fines as a tool of punishment out of the league's hands yes so of course after all of this there's a massive fallout right the Rangers put out a statement declaring George Peros unfit for his job and as directed by James Nolan, the owner of the New York Rangers, Mm -hmm. the Rangers were then fined $250,000 for speaking out against an NHL official. And James Dolan saying, that's the best money I ever spent. Ever spent. (laughs) Because, I mean, everybody agreed with the fucking statement. Yes. It's like, uh, or not everybody, but probably. Is it a little heavy handed? Sure. But, yeah, like, but probably, is it accurate? Yes. 
Right. It's obviously written by some executives that are pissed off about the situation. Like, uh, I don't know. It was almost refreshing that they called it a horrifying act of violence, amongst other things, and called for George Peros's job and, and leveled a vote of no confidence against the Department of Player Unsafety. And yeah, a lot of people agreed with it. And you also saw that going back to, we talked about the Derek Chauvin trial and the NHL's lack of announcement regarding it a right. couple of weeks ago. The New the, the NHL released a statement that was like five times longer, <laughs> decrying the the New York Rangers, one of their flagship franchises, than they did on Derek Chauvin's murder conviction. I mean, you can see what they care about, but yeah, like it, you know, George Peros is not without controversy. I mean, he runs a clothing and accessories line called violent gentlemen which has sponsorships with several major players in the nhl some of which have been caught with borderline suspendable cases i think of you know non-pussy eater jamie ben and his uh cross check to beautiful baby dylan larkin that put him out for the rest of the season no I'm fine no I, suspension no nothing I'm so, so glad that i have even more of a reason to absolutely hate Jamie Ben. How dare you harm a hair on that perfect boy's head? Exactly. Let alone cross-check him in the back of the neck. So, you know, like, there are other indications that George Peros is not really doing a great job. To have the league kind of step up and defend him is one thing. I mean, they kind of have to. But at some point, this has to get looked at with a more critical lens. Because the suspensions and fines coming out of the Department of Player on Safety it'd make no sense. You need to bring a third party, per, like an objective third party in to look at things and look at how it's harming the league. You know, we had Jennifer Botterill on TSN talk about how this harms the league in, you know, if you are a mother or father and you watch all these beautiful high skill level plays mm -hmm. and your child is like, yeah, I want to play hockey. And then you watch Tom Wilson pull a man down by his hair, injure him enough so that he misses the rest of the season and then get no punishment for it whatsoever. No, my kid's playing soccer. <laughs> like my kid's playing baseball. Like that. Right. That and you know, I think we also saw some really good things to juxtapose the situation with this week too, in that you saw uh, a Crosby kind of behave a little bit badly and get into a wrestling match. Yes. But that wrestling match was within the confines of a regular hockey scrum. There was no body throwing, no punches against defenseless players. It was just two guys kind of wrestling out in the corner. And then you also saw Shane Gossesware cheap shot a guy after scoring an empty net goal and bored him. And, you know, that's further behind the play extracurricular activity. But he got two game suspension like that. So... There needs to be some level of consistency and some level of greater accountability or greater detail. I mean, they always put out the DOPS video to go along with the suspensions, and it's kind of like security theater. It's like going on an airplane, and you got to, you know, take all your water out and shit, and and then you find out that it's just, like, all fake, and, <laughs> and you, you know, you easily, like, brought a knife accidentally through security. Like, you know, that's kind of what the the dops videos are it's just like oh we're gonna explain this one we're not gonna explain why this is different from the other one and why you know two games for this and no games for that it does it seems a little bit made up 
and one of the things that that they the dops said in the video for shane goss's bear is that he had no history and that's why he only got two games but tom wilson's been been suspended at least what seven times and could have been suspended another handful of times right and he's already been suspended this year for for a reckless and dangerous hit that boarding the history of a person should absolutely weigh into it regardless this is a suspensionable offense regardless of who it is but the fact that it's tom wilson should mean that there should be an even heftier suspension attached to it if this is a two-game suspension thing he should get six so i mean this story does get a little stranger and more interesting in that tom wilson apparently called artemi panarin to apologize fuck you buddy (laughs) yeah hopefully artemi was not exactly nice you know i think tom wilson He's just a hothead hockey player and lost his shit and was clearly semi-manic flexing in the penalty box. Yeah. And uh, at, the, at that point, you have to realize that this guy is dangerous and suspend him accordingly, at least for one game. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's nice to see that he does have maybe some sort of conscience. I don't know. But no, this was, you know, who else called Artemi Panarin? Alex Ovechkin. I guarantee yeah. you this is the captain of his team going, hey, bud, <laughs> maybe do something so you don't look like a total villain, you flexing idiot. <laughs> yeah, Alex Ovechkin, the peacemaker. A lot of past enforcers weighed in on this, and a lot of them said, you know, oh, if I was a big guy on the Rangers, you know. Who don't have big guys, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. If one thing we learned from their uh, subsequent line brawl game was that the Rangers are woefully inequipped to deal with the physicality of the Capitals. Well, most teams are like the Capitals are a physical team. And they're, they're a huge. Big team. Yeah. Like, that And that's the other thing is like they don't need this extra element that Tom Wilson brings. Uh, like, it, well, like they if, don't need the extra violence. Right. They, they it, like the extra edge and in in physical play that he brings sure yeah that's what i'm saying like they don't need this excess like they've got tom wilson who is a very good nhl player who is you know along with ovechkin and ovi and chara ovechkin and ovi and chara ovechkin (laughs) and ovechkin oshi and chara like oshi's not a violent guy but he's a big guy he can throw he can throw the body around Yeah, yeah. yeah like and, you know, then they have the biggest of all guys in Zidane Chara, <laughs> who could probably murder anyone in the league if he wanted. Uh, <laughs> Chara smash. Yeah. Like, there was that fight that he had a couple of weeks ago, and they just showed the picture, and it's just, like, him with this mouth and face full of rage. And I'm like, that's the most terrifying <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he uh, he's absolutely just physically imposing and i that's, cannot well that's why they kicked him out of the game <laughs> they were i like, would Go shit my pants if an angry chara came after me even was it like in the same building as me i'd just be cowering in fear no he'd just like look at me from across the ice and my bowels just be like <laughs> <laughs> evacuate soul <laughs> and poop <laughs> yeah we, we, <laughs> like the star trek enterprise we much eject the warp core <laughs> But, uh, well, it might make you lighter, thus being able to skate faster and get away from him. Nothing can make me skate faster, let's be honest. <laughs> what sucks in all of this Tom Wilson nonsense and suspension nonsense is TJ Oshie's dad died. And uh, many a heartfelt eulogy were, was penned for him, and many nice things were said. 
But in the game that turned into a gong show, TJ Oshie scored a hat trick, essentially in honor of his father. And that should go down in history, along with some of the best sort of grief performances we've seen of all time. You know, that belongs up there in that pantheon. And no, instead, we're talking about all the fights and Tom Wilson. And that's unfortunate. You never see bad things about TJ Oshie. No. So it's like he's one of the good guys. He is one of the good guys. And everybody will talk about what he did in the Olympics a couple of years back mm-hmm. or, you know, a handful of years back. But the thing that really got me was they showed TJ Oshie's kind of the interview he had after he won the cup. Mm. And he talked about how his dad didn't really. He doesn't remember a lot of things. I, f- I forget the exact quote, but it's like he doesn't remember a lot of things these days, but he'll absolutely remember this. That is what this game should have been about. Yeah, exactly. Is TJ Oshie like just gutting out one hell of a performance after losing his father, who clearly meant so much to him. It's too bad that 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 was lost in all of this. But I am really glad that at least at the end of the game, we did get some of those TJ Oshie moments and we can like to the point where we can talk about them now Mm -hmm. on our well listened to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's sad that this was lost, but I'm really glad that there was at least some some notification or not. not Yeah, some memento talked about during that game because there was this incredible human interest story. And you know what binds people? to a sport that Mm -hmm. that's the thing that gets people pumped for watching and playing and being a part of the community of a sport. Yeah, absolutely. And so we need more of that NHL. Give us reasons to care about these people. I don't know. Maybe even market your stars. (laughs) What? That would be crazy. I got in a Twitter tussle with somebody and it was very respectful. It wasn't like you, you're dumb. It was just, just like, it wasn't really a tussle. I, I'm pretend I'm tough. Okay. <laughs> you, I'm, you both just said, I'm a, uh, uh, good points snarkily. I'm a big, tough man <laughs> <laughs> when I'm typing things on my phone, <laughs> but it was, you know, like talking about Connor McDavid being in Edmonton and like being unmarketable because he's in Edmonton. That's not true. No, like, it's the NHL, the only person that they have actively marketed in the last 20 years is Sidney Crosby. The next most noticed star in the NHL is probably David Posternock doing Duncan commercials. We can, like, the league needs to be doing better to get its players in in people's faces. Pasta is offended. <laughs> Pasta oh. is offended. You do not think he is popular enough. <laughs> oh pasta is sad <laughs> he's he's maybe the most marketable player he's hilarious right he's now. wonderful <laughs> he's perfect he's, in commercials him talking about listening to barbie girl in the locker room during <laughs> the <laughs> the winter classics this year were great like he's he's just a riot wearing like the big pink sunglasses and the 80s windbreakers yeah there's a lot of personality to be mined and hopefully you know once espn is more on board they'll mine that kind of thing because lord knows the nhl and its current broadcast partners are a horrid at it yeah um well if you look at the ads on nhl tv 
it's just like, good lord. <laughs> like, like in a league with Pasta and PK Subban and Robin Lehner and other, for various reasons, marketable people, we get nothing. It doesn't help that your most exciting player, Connor McDavid, is easily the most boring person. He's pretty on, vanilla. Off, off ice. And vanilla, like... Calling him vanilla is probably offensive to vanilla. Yeah, I was going to say, he's he like he's an amazing hockey player and probably a very nice person, but you can tell he's been coached from a young age to not have any opinions because that may diminish his star somewhat. So, I mean, he, yeah, if he is vanilla, he is a big tub of store brand tasteless vanilla. <laughs> yeah, like he, he gets his vanilla at Costco in bulk. <laughs> But he doesn't have to have personality. Like, Sidney Crosby's not the most personable dude ever, and they marketed the hell out of him. Well, Crosby it, is more personable than Connor McDavid, but not that much. Well, they're like similar in that they've been coached from a young age to give, you know, politician type answers. You know, oh, yeah, I just got to play hard and get 60 minutes in and get, get the pucks deep. Get and pucks you know, deep, yeah. man. And that's like, all you got to do. That's why one of the reasons that the European players like pasta uh, or, you know, Panarin to a certain extent, mm-hmm. like they're just more interesting because they're not, or the Americans. Yeah. Or the Americans. It, they're just less coached. There's a little bit more personality there, less forced, but also like Connor McDavid's lack of personality is also funny. Yeah. Play that up. Like, it- <laughs> like where's the ad where he's like, where they make fun of him for like, and he makes fun of himself, mm-hmm. like some self depreciating humor would go a long ways in making Connor McDavid more accessible. We're not saying asking for access into his life. What we're saying is making him more of an accessible, likable person so that people latch onto him and say and want to watch a game because Connor McDavid is in it, regardless of what time it's on. Yeah. Like this really quiet boy can skate really fast and score a lot of goals. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think there's something to be said for his personality, like he is kind of a everyman personality. Like I see my anxieties in him to a certain extent, you know, it's like, uh, okay. Well, and what he does on the ice is insane. Yeah. I do not see myself in that. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I've had some pretty good roller hockey seasons at like 14 years old, but no, not quite, not quite a hundred points in 53 games. You don't torch Chris Tanev so hard that he just throws his arms up and looks at the coach and goes, what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, at this point, almost an underdog going into the playoffs. I'm he's rooting not. his team is right. I am rooting for Edmonton to make some noise in the playoffs this year, just because they haven't or have missed. And they've been irrelevant right. this time of year, every year. Now that he's made it, you know, I am definitely rooting for Edmonton in one of my playoff playoff predictions but they are just one of my playoff choices which mm-hmm. we'll we'll kind of get into later but yeah the you know there's so many more opportunities for the league to market and hopefully you know this changeover to a new tv deal that we're seeing this year uh, going from nbc to espn and tnt you know hopefully we're going to see some more creativity because that's been the problem it's just been a lack of creativity you know they tried to get some color with like jeremy roenick and then and kind of missed out. He sucks. Yeah. But, and also kind of like mismanaged him and like, it, it, they just did a bad job 
Well, he wasn't interesting idea. though either. Like he was like he was supposed to be the guy who like said the crazy things and like kept people on their toes. Right, and the problem and he is he just sucked at that too. The problem is that the crazy things in uh, NHL circles often are tainted with misogyny. Goal figure. Right. I mean, everyone talks about Charles Barkley and how the league is on the search for their their own version of of the TNT uh, NBA lineup and Charles Barkley and Shaq and. But really, the yeah. you know the sort of Shaq and and Charles Barkley dynamic is what what they're going for, and hopefully that works out. I mean, hopefully that gives some sort of oomph that the league sorely needs, because really they keep hiring people with no chemistry with each other or with the camera. NBC's big off season acquisition was adding, "Hey, I'm Mike Babcock," to their uh, broadcast lineup. How did that go? Mm, not so well. Turns out he's just like every other stoic hockey guy and that he's incredibly boring to watch on TV. Well, also, he's super hateable. Oh, yeah. Like, why Why? Why would you want to... You want to bring somebody in who is, like, actually likable, right? <laughs> like, why would you... Well, and I think until Ronick kind of spilled the beans on being a douchebag, he did bring a little bit of that sort of, what would you call, chaotic energy that they're looking for a little bit. Like, they did some interesting bits with, like, him in in the stands. Like a drunken uncle kind of way. Yeah, but then they gave him enough rope to hang himself, and uh, he went and did that. In Pokemon terms, going from NBC to ESPN and TNT is like going from Snorlax to Flareon. <laughs> One can hope. Hopefully they don't turn around and just put out basically the identical product. That, that would be that would be the saddest of all. Well, we, we have seen the race to make things interesting has been heating up between the two. With, Want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about the fact that Wayne Gretzky is going to get five mil a year from TNT. This is, this is reported, isn't finalized yet, but... But the offer has been made. Apparently, like. ESPN, who is trying to keep their per, their personalities sal- salaries below the absurd levels that they got to about five or six years ago, <laughs> ESPN went to the great one, yeah. Wayne Gretzky, the second greatest hockey player of all time, <laughs> behind Steve Eiserman, <laughs> and offered him two million a year. For the next seven years. TNT, however, was like, you know what? We got Turner money. TNT has no qualms with throwing money around. And so it's <laughs> reported right now that Wayne Gretzky is going to make $5 million a year to do TNT's studio show for the NHL. Which is a really weird thought. He's not exactly the most entertaining guy. He's But he's Gretzky. Right. So, but star power doesn't always make for, you know, good TV. I mean, Gretzky could be interesting. He's very well spoken, but he strikes me as more of like a guy that would run for political office in Canada than a guy that would be good on TV. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that what this is going? This is a power play. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was pretty good on the power play. That's a hockey pun. Look at us go. Uh, (laughs) I think the thing that this says to me is it shows that TNT and ESPN are very serious about the investment that they just made. Mm -hmm. And that gives me reason for hope because, one, there's competition now. So TNT and ESPN are going to be playing off of each other. Mm -hmm. And so 
they will be trying to one up each other. And so good things usually come from competition, right? Which as NBC opposed to the did not have right as opposed to the old deal, which was just NBC, and they didn't really do anything creative with it outside of show you the games their Just actual kidding. uh game commentary was good yeah and their actual presentation of the games was generally pretty good some have said that you know pierre Maguire was sort of misused inside the glass but like you know Catherine tappan was good keith jones was okay and uh, That's uh being kind liam McHugh is good like i i you know you could keep liam and Catherine all day any day i liked what they had to say it's, keith well, jones was he was made more interesting when you got rid of his clone in uh, Mike Milbury. Mike Milbury. <laughs> I would like to see Catherine Tappan and Liam McHugh with an ensemble cast that is vibrant mm-hmm. and see if they're because one of the things that I think a host is supposed to do is bring that out of their panel. Right. And I don't think Catherine Tappan or Liam McHugh really does that that could have been an nbc thing saying let's keep this milk toast and yeah i don't think the format really supported that i mean you look at the tnt discussion format and it's feels really informal it kind of feels like you just walked into a very small bar with that just happened to have chuck and and well, they're always in it. They're always so making I guess they fun can't... of each other. Like they're always like mm-hmm. it's it's irreverent. Like it, right. Yeah. Like it reminds me of uh, uh, the exchange between like Kevin Bieksa and uh, Christopher Stieg. Whereas like I think Christopher Stieg was like, yeah, you know, I think they were talking about playoff beards, and then someone made a comment about how they played each other in the playoffs, and Versteeg was like, yeah, he trimmed his beard before me, and and Kevin Bieksa was like, buddy, you're on the third line, like. <laughs> That kind of shit is what we want to see. Make fun of each other. Like yeah. TSN does a fairly solid job. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, it, it, their commentator commentator hires are pretty good. I mean, they they're the ones who brought on Kevin Bieksa, and he's one of the best out there right now. You know, I would like to see a, a Patrick Sharp sort of unleashed. I hope they kind of mine regional broadcasts as well that's because true. there's some really good talent out there i watch a lot of the hurricanes because mm-hmm. one they're a really great hockey team and they're fun but their their on air broadcast is really good i mean that's because their whole media uh, uh organization is like tuned like yes. they from the top down they are fun and funny and interesting yeah i i watch a lot of colorado not so much <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty milk toast. Nashville's broadcasts are way more interesting than their team. There's the uh, guy Minnesota in the Capitals broadcast that just sounds ridiculous. Who refuses to call people by their actual names and like <laughs> pronounces names differently all the time. And I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> I also love a good Boston uh, Boston oh, broadcast. It's it's really funny to listen to them talk about Matt Guzlick and P- David Postenock and uh, all of those guys. Boston has the worst broadcast team. In oh, I kind of, I actually kind of love it's it. It's fucking awful. It's putrid. <laughs> the Blackhawks have done some interesting things this year. They brought on Kendall Coyne Schofield, and I did not realize how heavy her Chicago accent was. It's, like it's Chicago. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's real deep in the that Chicago. Like I'm just eating yeah. pie and eating sausage, and like, <laughs> yeah, he's so fast that he went up Lakeshore Drive right there. <laughs> I was a little bit more heavy Minnesota than yeah. Chicago, but you know, it's not that hard. No, they're not that far. They're not that different. I guess what we're getting to is it's really cool that we're getting change up for our NHL coverage. I'm thrilled to see it. 
hopefully we get some good things out of it and we're not just bored to tears and just like go to the game already (laughs) stop talking why is keith jones still on tv talking through his mouth like eddie olchuk tells young players that they should do this one thing one more time i'm gonna fucking step 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 actually i think eddie olchuk could be pretty funny on tnt too but i don't know that's another weird regional thing uh no i'm over it (laughs) (laughs) i like just like there i Bring in Anson Carter. I think Anson Carter could be great in oh, yeah. a TNT type of like format. The one thing I worry about with them bringing in Gretzky is people being afraid to make fun of him. Yeah, like, it takes. I mean, I think it does take a certain amount of courage to make fun of a person like that. I mean, that's why you need a Shaq and a uh, Charles Barkley, like, who are ha- both excellent basketball players in their own right. Right. But the, like it, unimpeachable yeah. basketball players in their own right. Yeah. Like it, I can't think of who they could bring in to make fun of Gretzky. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you don't make fun of Jordan either because he will murder you. <laughs> yeah, Gretzky's a little bit more affable than Jordan. But so we've been we've been having a little fun here. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to turn that fun down a little bit. I mean, you know, who else has been having fun, Caitlyn Jenner. Well, I mean, girl, she is having a great time running for governor as a Republican in the state of California. Fresh off of her time running over somebody and not getting uh, not getting not getting charged or anything even for remotely it. in trouble for it. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the trans sports bands that have been popping up throughout the United States. The reason we bring up Caitlyn Jenner is because Caitlyn Jenner who is a trans woman and famous athlete, came out and said that trans girls and women should not be allowed to play girls and women's sports. Standard Republican rhetoric. Yeah, it's it's her currying favor with Republicans. Who knows if she even believes it? I don't think most Republicans actually believe in the things they say. They just know how to make money. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that right, Candace Owens? Anyways, <laughs> so... The issue with this, outside of the very obvious issue, is like that's transphobic and awful, and coming from a trans woman is mysterious. I guess I like it's very Candace Owens esque. It's it's yeah. It's it's like she going to be sort of the trans Candace Owens. It's like what's the like cutting off your own feet to save your face? Yeah, yeah. The the problem, the bigger problem, well, not the bigger problem, the littler problem is that Caitlyn Jenner has actually been playing women's sports. (laughs) How funny. As a trans woman. Oh, funny. Reports came out this past week that right after saying this, or the reports came out after she said this, that in 2016, she had played in a golf tournament using the women's tees. What's also funny is, you know, many right-wing talking heads talk about dominant male athletes switching to women's sports to dominate caitlin jenner is an olympic track winner decathlete decathlete yeah you know in her former life as bruce jenner one of case in point maybe (laughs) one of the most successful because the decathlon is you know arguably if you win the decathlon the olympic decathlon you are arguably the best athlete in the world Mm -hmm. because just because of the variety of events that are required to win yeah and i don't exactly know how to address Bruce Jenner's amazing athletic success correctly like uh, because yeah I don't I don't exactly know the the proper 
way to to refer to that uh, you know well i just say in another life yeah uh in their dead life I right don't know. I, problem is your dead life was really fucking successful <laughs> and, and uh kind of hard to not talk about now well and then you also come out we were just putting caitlin jenner on this pedestal of like look at like this trans hero woman of the year like all of this shit i don't think anybody was really doing that she was on like the cover of like esquire as like woman of the year or some shit Yeah, because everyone conveniently forgot that she maybe killed a person yeah well (laughs) yeah because all of a sudden she was strong and powerful (laughs) it's it's kind of like the women who came after ruth bader ginsburg using the door that she opened to close behind them and not allow any other women to climb up behind them. Like mm-hmm. this is Caitlyn Jenner opening this door for this window of opportunity for like trans people to be like supported more openly and like being like finally like treated as equals in this world. Mm-hmm. And then she just turned around and slammed the fucking door <laughs> in their face. It's, it's so hypocritical and like fucking it's just bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah. What this does present is a good opportunity to hate Caitlyn Jenner properly. We are going to despise Caitlyn Jenner, but we're going to use her proper pronouns. It was only a matter of time before a trans person rolled along and decided to play heel, you know, in this whole conversation. And so, well, we have Caitlyn Jenner. This is your Vince McMahon turn. (laughs) Kind of. Way to go, Caitlyn. I mean... Brava. Yeah. So, you know, we get to uphold her identity in the same breath that we can tear down her positions in what she stands for because we don't agree with them. We do agree with her, you know, choices for her identity. I mean, absolutely. More power to her. So uh, I am fully supportive of Caitlyn Jenner being an insane hypocrite. So long as we can say she's being an insane hypocrite. Exactly. You know what I wish I could say to Caitlyn Jenner? What's that, Evan? You're fired. <laughs> you know who else got fired? Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we are in sort of the uh, Thanos endgame of the season. The uh, the various owners and GMs are snapping their fingers. And, uh, well, John Tortorella just turned into dust. <laughs> Surprising to no one. Yeah. Uh, I think... Everybody knew that GM Jarma was going to kick him to the curb this year. He was sitting on a expiring contract and not very well liked. And a big piece in The Athletic just came out kind of detailing all of the issues with uh, you know, what, what's kind of wrong with Columbus. And a lot of it you know, seemed kind of centered around the city not being a very attractive place for free agents to go. But, you know, one of the players who were all kind of respected veterans and no longer on that team basically said, Torts has lost the room, he's got to go. And that was one of the more convincing things in the piece. Um, And so, yeah, it is 0% surprise that he is out. He'll probably take a year off and come back in like 2022 and get another job. He's in his 60s now, so maybe he's done. I don't know. but And he's got a big ranch outside of Columbus, apparently. So uh... Because when I think of ranches, I think Columbus, Ohio. The Arizona Coyotes have also decided not to renew the contract of Rick Tockett, which makes 
little to no sense. Yeah, that could be on the yawn scale. That's like, okay, sure. Yeah, what you were uh, you were still the Coyotes coach? I, I didn't know that. Well, uh, yeah, and also like, what did you give him to make like the fact that they were even remotely possibly a playoff team today or this year? shows that like he's actually probably a pretty good coach yeah because they're bad right <laughs> like you know what i want to see i want to see them just make phil kessel a classic player coach like they used to have in the good old days he's barking orders while crossing the blue line mm-hmm. yeah. and eating a hot dog the hot dog is <laughs> par for the course <laughs> regardless of whether he's playing or not the big firing big. firing firing Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Firing. (laughs) The big one was New York is the greatest city in the world, and it was the epicenter of hockey bullshit this week. It's been the epicenter of hockey bullshit this year. Yeah, the Rangers have had a rough go. (laughs) This just puts the ice, the the little cherry on top. The Islanders just sit there and are comfortably a decent team (laughs) and just do islandery things, Barry Trotz things, and the Rangers are on the are on the mainland going. Tony D'Angelo's over there saying the (laughs) N-word. David Quinn is still the head coach of the New York Rangers as we speak on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, however, have both been relieved of their duties. So that's GM and... Team president. Team president. Um, So, and I, I think the general reaction to this has been like, well, that's fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's crazy. They, you know, they've actually retooled the roster in fairly short order. And I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you landed Adam Fox because he only wants to play in New York and you, you know, you hit on a bunch of draft picks. It's like, yeah, they hit on these draft picks and like made all of this happen. You know, it's really easy to play armchair GM. It's a whole lot harder to actually I'm be really a good GM. At it. I'm really sweet at <laughs> armchair GM. Aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, I like, I'm also pretty awesome at football manager, the game. <laughs> so yeah, I was really good at NFL head coach. Fucking hire me Raiders. That is the worst fucking game of all time. I loved it. It was so boring. <laughs> well, actually football coaching is just that boring. Like yeah. I think it really encapsulated, you know, it, if they could have had like more early wake up times and like cicada noises, that would have been perfect. <laughs> uh, I I bought that game, played it for roughly a month, and gave it to a friend. <laughs> I played the shit out of. I that game. asked him to take it from me. I played that game so hard, I turned Matt Liner into a good quarterback. Well, that's more than we can say for Matt Liner. <laughs> yeah, uh, but back to New York. <laughs> back to New York. Uh, he, like. Both Gordon and Davidson are respected NHL minds. Uh, you were you're absolutely right. Like, like oh, Adam Fox only came there because he wanted to play in New York. Yeah, use the things to your advantage. You think Tampa Bay doesn't use the fact that they're tax free as opposed to the California teams, which <laughs> tax the fuck out of their rich people? Come to Florida, you get a free gun. Yeah, hell no, you you can do wild shit, and guess what? People will just be like, mm, Florida. Like Patrick Maroon will let you borrow one of his sweet ass fleet of jet skis. Oh God, he's probably. I hope he has like thirty. Yeah, I, I imagine him having like a little jet ski navy <laughs> in the navy. <laughs> uh, so being n- or the GM of the Rangers means you get to say, "Hey, by the way, you get to fucking live in New York City." Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Gordon and John Davidson had done a good job of rebounding 
rebuilding without a complete teardown. Did they have some things fall in their lap? Yes, but guess what? They capitalized on it. Yeah, you also have to convert those opportunities, which they did. Yeah, and so they've got a rather young team. They have some amazing offensive talent. And And they've got some very good defensive talent, and they've got good young goalies. And isn't isn't Truba out? Is Truba hurt? Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, so they have some... He hasn't been very good. Right, but they have some talent, like ostensibly coming back next year in a year that matters more to fire the guy who had orchestrated guys who had orchestrated this is really bizarre Mm -hmm. and the best kind of uh explanation that i've seen so far is that they knew they were going to lose chris drury and they have that much respect for chris drury so they fired the guys who were in his way Chris Drury had turned down interviews for the Pittsburgh job earlier this year and somewhere else I'm not remembering right now. But all of a sudden, he's the GM and the president of operations for the New York Rangers, one of the flagship franchises of the NHL. That's the best explanation I've heard, is that they just thought that much of Chris Drury and were so afraid to lose him that they fired the guys in his way. Another thing that I heard is that Gorton and Davidson weren't so much on board with the Dolan dictated statements towards Peros and the Department of Player Safety. And so, you know, maybe that was a little bit of a falling on the sword or getting pushed onto the sword because you have Chris Jury in the wings. You know, I don't know. There, it was a little bit of Game of Thrones shit, actually. I know that the team came out and said that it had nothing to do with that, but, but I bullshit. mean, yeah, like whatever. <laughs> okay. You have to say that. We don't have to believe it. I mean, we're going to enter the season. We're going to see a number of coaches let go here in probably the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to see a little bit of Black Monday, Black Friday action, whatever. It, the firings are going to start to accumulate. And, you know, yeah, the, the Tortorella ones, the ones we predicted, those always make sense. But I don't understand why you fire about anybody this year, because this was it was such a crapshoot of a year but we're gonna see some musical chairs on some level and it's gonna be interesting to see who coaches in arizona if we get a new coach in new york honestly i really just want to see bruce boudreau coach somewhere again he will he's so funny (laughs) he's ridiculous he is a ridiculous person if i played hockey under him i would be unable to keep a straight face speaking of being unable to keep a straight face Montreal right now has the permanent O face <laughs> with Cole Caulfield. He, he, I believe, he has three goals now, and two of them are game overtime game winners. Oh, yeah, you know the kid can play. He's gonna. He's he's a very talented guy. Like we we talked about mm-hmm. this a couple of weeks ago, where like all of the prospect watchers and draft nicks were like, "No, like draft this fucking kid. He's incredible," and he was small so they like just <laughs> yeah. kind of let let him turns flow out, in the breeze for a while turns out your size doesn't matter so much if you it's are a really good skater it. and you know exactly where to be it's not about it's not about the size it's how you use it <laughs> yeah so montreal has been now fully erect for more than four hours and needs to call a doctor or just you know ride it out <laughs> have fun you're about to get tossed by toronto in the first round good luck (laughs) we'll see how long those erections last yeah that'll be an interesting series should we just talk playoff matchups quick a minute yeah we're gonna we're gonna do a thorough 
playoff preview for our next week's episode. But we just now that most of the matchups are set, we just kind of wanted to Mm -hmm. talk about the things we're excited for set or getting set. I mean, and I think that's one of the top ones is going to be Toronto versus Montreal in a Canadian grudge match in the first, I don't know, meaningful playoff series we've seen between these two teams in a very long time. In like 30 years. Yeah. So that's going to be huge for the league, huge for Canada. And hopefully is a little bit of a longer series than some of the pundits expect. But we're also going to see the battle of Florida. I cannot wait. I'm calling it the Florida man series. (laughs) This, this is going to be wild. Like they're both really good teams. We'll see how quickly it takes Kucherov and Samkos to get reintegrated into the team. Kucherov should be good to go when the playoffs open. I haven't seen any reports about Samkos when he's going to be ready, but he was supposed to be ready for for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But when have you heard those words before? Last year, actually. (laughs) But what else happened last year? They won the fucking thing. So Exactly. Yeah. So stoked to see that on so many levels. I mean, the Florida Panthers have done a great job this year and then did a great job at the trade deadline, gearing up and replacing some needs at the blue line. So, you know, also Tampa's been on a little bit of a slide. Uh, Like how much is that them sliding and how much of that is we know we're in, we're just going to get ready. That's true. But there's some potential there in the series for some really interesting hockey played in the state of Florida. And you could not ask for a better happenstance if you're the league trying to grow the game. It's too, it's too bad that this Florida team is so good and we can't have people in the stands. Although it's Florida, so maybe they'll have a packed building. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't, don't they have fans? Well, I mean, the Panthers don't actually have fans. Oh, but I like, see. That's the joke you were that, making. I, I thought it was a COVID. I see. Uh, also, Colorado and Minnesota, the Wild, are one of the most fun teams in the league. Mm-hmm. And Colorado is basically the juggernaut we thought they are. So that could be a, su- a super entertaining series. Yeah, Vegas versus the Blues could be interesting, but you probably, Mm. yeah, I think Vegas is going to be a little bit of an unstoppable force. The Avs versus the Wild, I guess, is maybe a little bit less uh, known because who the fuck is going to play goalie for the Avs? Like, oh, Grubauer is back. Oh, he's back, but uh, you know, he could be gone real fast. Well, that's the other thing. Like, they've been playing Dubnik and uh, Johansson a bunch to save to spare Grubauer for the playoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. So like their quote unquote slide towards the end of the season doesn't even mean much to me. It's like, we're going to see Grubauer who had an excellent season when healthy, uh, which was most of the year. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see the, honestly, the real Stanley cup might be Vegas, Colorado. If they meet in the second round, like that might be it. I think that's what I'm kind of pulling for happening. And then out in the East, uh, Capitals versus Bruins. I mean, that's just going to be an absolute bloodbath and probably really entertaining. You know, those teams know each other well, hate each other. And yeah, we're it, we're just going to see some high penalty minute, low scoring, but probably fun to watch hockey games, I would suppose. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, I know. How but thrilling is this? That's those four series yeah. really, well, we really also- excite me and excite me to talk about, you know, this more in-depth next week i think and we also get to see 
what the hell happens with a team that comes out of Canada? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do they have to just play somewhere in the U.S. all for the entire time? Or do they get to play in Canada? Like, what the hell's going to happen? Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah, the whole scheduling versus COVID. I mean, that's another series that will be <laughs> scheduling versus COVID. Who? Uh, I'll take scheduling, but in seven games. I think COVID. I think COVID pulls out like four wins versus scheduling. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to take COVID. <laughs> it's proven itself very hard to kill. And another, you know, small news bit around the Capitals. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin is officially becoming an investor in the National Women's Soccer League's Washington Spirit. Uh, so we're big into women's sports and love that Ovi is getting involved as well. Um, you know, I think this will be really fun to have him as someone who, you know, will have a stake in the women's game and uh, ostensibly want to popularize it because I think he's really funny in the media when he talks. And so I would love to see Alex Ovechkin just say funny things about his women's soccer team and how he's rooting for them. And well, and so the NWSL was widely regarded as the best women's soccer league in the world. Mm -hmm. Until the last couple of years when a bunch of players ended up going over to England and playing in the English Women's uh, Soccer League there. Oh, yeah? And so, something like this, a like a high-profile investor could maybe restore some of the panache to the women's game here in the U.S., uh, not that like the women's team, the women's national team needs any like no, not really anything. But, but the but the game itself. I mean, we mm-hmm. live in Portland. The Portland Thorns are you know universally loved here, and everybody yeah. knows about them, etc. But women's soccer leagues don't like. But there are other teams who probably don't have that kind of following, and so getting some sort of high profile investor is is cool and it's good. And so hopefully the bringing or Ovi coming on board has some positive impact for the, for women's soccer here in the States. And hopefully they can kind of swing that pendulum back to the NWSL being like the premier league, uh, the, the premier women's league in the world. (laughs) I just kind of imagine Alexander Ovechkin is this like Mark Cuban type figure for some reason. That would be pretty rad. (laughs) That would be sweet. You know, have him just like be that level of a cheerleader for his team. That would be super awesome. So we have a game. It's, I mean, it's a game ish. It's kind of a game. So my, one of my good friends and I for the last couple of years have spent a night getting drunk and deciding, trying to compile the best hockey team that we can for the money. Now, these are things that you wouldn't, tell other people except now you have a hockey podcast yeah i guess, <laughs> guess what i'm just as nerdy as you thought uh, there are some stipulations to this game mm-hmm. one is that you have to use a full line from a team you can't just pick one player from each team or whatever so it's like i want minnesota's first line they cost me this mm-hmm. i want uh dallas's second line i want calgary's first defense pairing I would like all three of Chicago's goalies. (laughs) No, (laughs) we can do better. Uh, But they're super cheap. (laughs) Very true. Uh, But so uh, you do not need to use a goalie tandem from a team. You can pick two uh, goalies. And the major stipulation here is that your team has to fit under the salary cap, which is eighty-one point five million. 
so without further ado, we are going to post our lines and we'll we'll post these on the internets as well and people can chime in tell us where we were stupid or where we're geniuses great just making more work and an opportunity to get made fun of awesome yeah well that's (laughs) i mean so but but we we go line by line or uh, yeah let's go for it i'll go first you want to go first you go first. Oh, I'll go first. So my mine are written in pen and ink on a sheet of paper. <laughs> Fuck are Old you? school. So, yeah. So my first line is, and this is going to be a theme, <laughs> uh, is the first line in Colorado. So we got Gabe Landeskog on the left, Nathan McKinnon down the middle, uh, the Nathan McKinnon down the middle, <laughs> and the Miko Rantanen, who just potted his 30th goal of the season last night on the right that's a ball in line. I mean, and what do they come in at for a salary cap hit on that line? That's a twenty-one point one million. Ooh, that's you'll that's s- a nice line there. You'll see where the savings comes later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just tied up a quarter of my cap hit with my first line, but don't worry, it's worth it. It's oh, so sexy. He went to Jared. Yeah, <laughs> my top line. And also an excuse to talk about him is uh, Connor McDavid, Dominic Cahoon, Jesse Puyuyarvi coming in at a cheap $14.65 million. Connor McDavid hit 100 points last night in 53 games. 53 games. The fifth fastest to 100 points in NHL history. That was just bonkers. Like, And you could tell his team was really pulling to get him there. That race was a buoy to all of their efforts and hopefully that you know sticks through the playoffs but man he's so good at hockey i love somebody asked him well are you gonna change how you play to get to 100 points what a dumb fucking question (laughs) yeah this is how he plays like he doesn't have to change how he plays because he's that fucking good yeah the only thing he's changing is like he's passing to dry on the power play more yeah (laughs) because dry just finishes yeah Like, like the, what should change is your ability to ask questions. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could just be an NHL reporter. And it's like, you don't ever have to say <laughs> anything difficult. Excuse me, Connor. Uh, could you just state the obvious for us? My second line is also in Colorado. It's Brandon Saad, Nazem Kadri, and Andre Burakovsky, which brings me in at 14.4 million. Okay. That's a pretty nice line. The Amazing value that Colorado brings to the table across their entire forward. No, just across their whole lineup is insane. Joe Sackick is a magician. My second line, I'm going to home and uh, going with Chicago's second line of Alex Dabrinkit, Hagel, and Kurashev. Um, Brandon Hagel has been one of the discoveries of the year in Chicago and that he's just, he's the energy guy. He's bringing it every shift and, you know, creates space and opportunities for those around him just by virtue of how hard he plays. And, uh, Alex Brinkett has put together an incredible year. Uh, I think he's up to 28 goals and like, he's also become a defensive force. Uh, he's been scoring shorthanded goals and, just generating his own chances sort of what he was expected to do, but he's really turned it on this year after a down season last year. So them at a cap hit of a total 8.123 million, I think is uh, an absolute steal for 
for 28 goals. And we'll talk about our final cap numbers when we get to the end of this. Uh, Evans is significantly lower than mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the dollar store team here. So after two lines, where are you at? Roughly 22.75. I'm at 35.5. <laughs> but I'm about to get real cheap. Mm-hmm. My third line is the kids in New York. The chillins? The chillins. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere at 925k, Philip Heedle at 894 thousand dollars, and Capocacco at 925 thousand dollars. So three incredibly talented players, still all on their rookie deals. Yeah, like you got to find savings somewhere, right? Oh yeah, I, I think that's a great line. Lafreniere has really turned it on in the last couple of weeks, and Heedle is showing why he was sorely missed the first chunk of this year. And Capocacco, he has flashes of looking really awesome and then flashes of kind of disappearing. And hopefully, you know, he can, I mean, he's still super young. So a lot of time to grow there. It's a really good line. Three guys that could probably beat you with skill, speed, and a little bit of grit too. Because Lafreniere, is a, he's a powerful guy too. When he's got his beard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lafreniere looks older than I do. He looks like a grizzled veteran. Yeah. It's so funny. So after three lines, I am at 38.265 million. Okay. Uh, my third line is actually slightly more expensive than my second line. I am going with New York Islanders, Kyle Palmieri, J.G. Peugeot, and Oliver Wallstrom. They come in at uh, 8.2 million. So I'm at just over 30, more like 31. Still on the cheap. Eugene Melnick fucking loves you. <laughs> you are about to I get could, I could, Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could work under Pierre Dorian any day. Sure. My fourth line has me heading over to heading north of the border for Montreal, which is mm -hmm. Arturi Lekkonen, Eric Stahl and Corey Perry bringing some sandpaper, some some experience some grit some, some sandpaper bones yeah oh no there's <laughs> sediment in those bones yeah wow that's some old some aged men there you gotta bring in some some grizzled vets for that playoff push right you saw what Corey perry meant to dallas last year mm -hmm. in a long playoff push i'm gonna go on a limb and say he's not gonna repeat that this year no because montreal's gonna get smoked in the first round by toronto yeah unless carrie price remembers he's carrie price yeah, hats off to them if they're about to do it, but I don't think Corey Perry can skate with Toronto. No, absolutely not. With keeping those last two lines on the cheap, I am up to only 43.04 million and change. Okay. For having and having my entire forward pair or forward lines settled. So my fourth line, I went with uh one of the lower lines from Minnesota that's been really productive um, and also their defensive zone metrics have been awesome. So uh, I took Nick Benino, Marco Sturm, and Nick Bukestad um, at a cap hit of combined $6.875 million. That's kind of pricey for pricey a fourth for a, line. Pricey for a fourth line, but um, uh, the, the Daily Faceoff has them at like the second ranked fourth line in terms of production. And, you know, I think they've been a consistent line together all year and have been one of the reasons that that team has had, you know, kind of the, the top down success that they've had. Um, so I think that brings me to, so I'm at 37.87 million. You caught up to me. 
Where are you at now? I'm at 43 before we get to, so okay. you're closing in. So I'm not complete cheapo. No, I just went so cheap on my last two. Oh, lines. just wait till we get to the defenseman. Then yeah. it gets funny. Yeah, and <laughs> I spent I spent a decent amount of money on defensemen because I was like, wait, I've got a ton of money left. Let's let's do this. I just found one pairing I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> so my first pairing is from Colorado again, Devon Taves and Samuel Gerard. Are you just gonna take their whole team? Can I? Fuck this exercise. I'm just taking Colorado. No, <laughs> uh, no. Sorry, uh, that joke just had to be made. Yeah, it did. Uh, the first time that my buddy and I did this, we had this many Vegas lines. So, yeah, like it's, I mean, you could really just do only Colorado and Vegas. And well, when, like this team is amazing. Yeah, and you could like kind of stay under the cap. That puts me at fifty-two point one four million. Devon Taves is at four point one million a year, and Samuel Gerard is at five million a year. My first line is the player that should win the Norris, and then one of the stud rookie defensemen of the year, Adam Fox and Kendra Miller. They have been absolutely lights out. The back end of that New York Rangers scoring frenzy has been the play of these guys. And their cap hit is a ridiculous. For now. Yes, for now. Adam Fox is making $925 million. Hmm? $925,000? Or sorry, $925,000. <laughs> that's, like, that's, yeah. that's like messy money right there. <laughs> no, sorry, $925,000. And I'm guessing Miller isn't even making that. No, he's on a rookie deal because he is a rookie. He's making the same number. Mm. So they are together. That is silly for that's, a first defensive pairing. That's a that's a bargain right there. <laughs> oh, you get it. puck moving defensemen, solid uh, and their defensive responsibilities as well. You get youth and you get... Adam Fox should win the Norris, should he not? Yes, absolutely. Like people that are voting for Victor Hedman aren't, aren't wrong. Attention. But yeah, they're not watching the actual game. Is they're just Hedman voting on voting on uh, uh, clout and and yeah, name recognition and like is it, it's Victor a safe pick. Like you you could you can't really go wrong picking Victor Hedman because he is so fucking good. But Adam Fox deserves to win it this year because he has put forth the best season for a defenseman. Is Victor Hedman the best defenseman in the world? Yes. Has he been the best defenseman in the NHL this year? No. no. Exactly. It's Adam Fox. I agree. I think we have the same D pairing for pairing two. Two? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's not surprising because it's Jonas Brodin and Matt Dumba in Minnesota. Yeah. And they've been lights out for Minnesota this year. Uh, there's not, there's a lot of, you know, there's not that much to say about them. They've just been good. And they come in at a cap hit of 10.16 million. So. Now that we've got our second pairing out of the way. The, the pairing that everyone has been waiting for, third pairing defenseman. The I, most, uh, I've been on pins and needles <laughs> this whole time, and I know my answer already. Who is your answer? My answer is TVR and Nick Jensen in Washington, the third is pairing. Trevor Van Riemsdyk? Yes. Uh, Not Tennessee Valley Authority? Oh, that's TVH. Fuck. Whatever. Good God, man. <laughs> Get your New Deal projects to all fucking together how dare you besmirch the the legacy of the tennessee valley authority <laughs> so for my third pairing i actually uh went with another team's second pairing that i think could be an awesome third pairing in uh jacob chitrin and chong i mean labushkin so they come in at 5.6 million and i think jacob chitrin is a future number one defenseman i'm just going for value here he certainly played like it down the stretch makes Oliver Ekman Larson look like a 
silly buffoon. Yeah. I mean, I think Oliver Reckman Larson is, he's in pressing territory now because well, he's fading fast. Right. Because he can see Chitrin as the writing on the wall of basically his, you know, stranglehold on that number, that top D position on that team. Well, it doesn't really matter all that much because uh, he's still getting paid. Yep. And finally, the goalies. The psychopaths on the ice. Where we uh, also picked some similar things. Yeah, funny how that happens. Yeah, it's funny how that happens when one of the best goalies in the league, Robin Lehner, is on a very palatable contract. At, at five million. Five per. million for five years. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know very well that I am very much in favor of not paying goalies a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That deal is actually probably a little low for what I. Th- oh, I it's would, insanely low like for I his would, value. I'd probably. I think Laner's probably like a six million goalie, but six million is pretty much the cap for what I am willing to pay a goalie. And they're paying Flurry seven, seven something, yeah. And he's put together an amazing season, but yeah, Laner at five million dollars is one of the most amazing goalie contracts in the league. And then for my backup goalie, I'm going with the third goalie when everyone's healthy in Dallas and Jake Ottinger. Mm, uh, I mm-hmm. think he's put together a pretty solid full season this year or a rookie season this year at 925 K he's cheap. And when you like Laner's not old, but you want an understudy kind mm-hmm. of in that backup role. And I think that you either want an understudy or a cheap vet. And I think in this case, you got Ottinger at 925 K that's a cheap that's a cheap understudy he's probably i think he's due a raise next year but he's not going to make that much more and even with the goalie contracts i'm still eight million dollars under the cap at 73.5 million so mm-hmm. there's room there's room to there's wiggle room there i'll you be don't able need to, to ltir anybody <laughs> no i don't need an ltir nikita kucherov all year <laughs> so i am pairing robin laner on my team with uh, jack campbell you know, it, it's it been a weird year for him. He's been kind of sheltered a little bit. And then when Frederick Anderson got hurt, you know, had to play a lot more. But all in all, he has put together a 17-2-2 record with 9.23 for a save percentage, 2.11 goals against, had a cap hit of $1.65 million. Like, I believe Jack Campbell was actually my buddy and I's goalie two years ago because he oh, was yeah. super cheap and he was pretty solid behind Jonathan Quick. Mm-hmm. And then he was traded to ostensibly be the backup to Frederick Anderson. And now Frederick Anderson doesn't have a job yeah. to come back to. Like Campbell, Campbell is clearly is number one. going to be a goalie of the future there. I mean, he's not young, but, you know, you never know when goalies kind of flower and bloom. I mean, he's also, also not Tim when... Thomas either. So, yeah, he's 29. Yeah. He's got, he's definitely got some years left to get him, give him a three-year contract and see where he goes yeah i think that would be amazing and you know he could be a sort of Corey crawford on that team a, a goalie that at a relatively decent price gives you good postseason goaltending and and you know can maybe get you deep into the postseason i mean i think that could be the ceiling for him i don't think he's ever gonna be you know a vasilevsky no well there's there's only one vasilevsky right so, so what does that bring your cap hit to okay so my team per my calculations comes up to 62.08 million dollars which is just above the cap floor. Congratulations. Dollar Generals. You, That's our team name. We are the Dollar Generals. You are Pierre Dorian's right-hand man. You are Eugene Melnick's best friend. Hire me. And you get a posh dacha somewhere outside of Ottawa. Sweet. 
That's always what I've always wanted. I would love to visit Ottawa. I hear it's awesome. So, you know, with with that, uh, you know, hit us up on the internets. Let us know what you think. Do you think we're idiots? Do you think <laughs> Evan should have spent more money because he's a cheapskate? Do you I love th- a good deal. Yeah, I love a good bargain. I actually got Adam Fox and Condre Miller off the Craigslist free listings. You know, this this is just one of those exercises that is a lot of stupid fun. You know, it. my buddy and I, when we do this, we always wait until after the trade deadline to do mm-hmm. it. And so we have kind of like finalized teams. And it's kind of just a good exercise to see where good deals can be found in the NHL, who's doing a good job of keeping contracts, uh, you know, under wraps. Yeah, funny Obviously, that uh, the architect of that Fox Miller line is now out of a job. <laughs> yeah. And but then you see, like, I have three Colorado lines on my team. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you what kind of a Jedi Joe Sackick is. Like, yeah, it totally does. He's, I mean, he's going to have to pay Nathan McKinnon a ton of money in a couple of years, but like at the same but time, till then, he's got time to prepare for that. Yeah, so. they have cup window that is wide the fuck open. If you have anything to say about these silly lines of this fun game that we've played, uh, let us know. Uh, you can find us all over the internet at handsomehockey.com is our website. Reach out to us on Instagram, Handsome Hockey Podcast, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter or handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. You can also find us on our Facebook page, which Evan has done a very good job of posting things on lately, and I have like ruthlessly abandoned. So. Posted like three things. Yeah, uh, but right. that's I guess that's the minimum. Way better than I've been doing. <laughs> and obviously you found us somewhere, but we are available to listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Red Circle, and if I can get to it, YouTube. thank you as always folks for tuning in today and you know we've we've actually gotten a lot of great feedback as of late and we've Mm -hmm. uh we've seen our numbers slightly jump up and yeah we have been really you know buoyed by some feedback that we've gotten from some people about past episodes and just finding out that our message is connecting with someone has been really powerful we've also gotten some really good constructive feedback from folks that has helped us become better humans and become better, hopefully better podcasters as well. And so keep that coming. Like we, we want to have discussions. We want to have open dialogue. We want to, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, continue our growth and evolution as people. And hopefully through talking about hockey, the game itself grows and evolves as well. Amen to that. All right, so thanks for staying with us. Thanks for listening, and stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau tous les mois.